That's right, it's episode two of Voidtober, but episode 254 total. So this week, we're going to be doing a little fun set of movies here that have a lot of like fun things that we added to it that I think are going to be great. First of all, we're going to be watching Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives from 1986 and... Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers producer's cut from 1995. Right. So these are both part sixes. Right. Now, I don't know how I do this sometimes. I just think it's subconscious and I don't even realize it. But then I started realizing when we were watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, both of the fucking kids that were in these movies previous grow up to fight their monsters in these movies. So you got... And they're both named Tommy. Both Tommies, yeah. <laughs> you got Tommy Jarvis from fucking Jason from Friday the 13th. And you got fucking Tommy Doyle, who was the kid that was babysitting the first Halloween, coming back in part six. Right. And they both battle their fucking monsters. So, by the end of this episode, when at the very end, when we get to the you know end of the podcast talk, we will talk about who is the ultimate Tommy and like who would we want to be on our side in either scenario like who do would we ba- think would battling evil right so and we'll break it down as as best as we can so get your gears thinking and and think about what you would pick too by the end of this episode too so just don't miss that definitely check that out by the end i just thought it was really crazy that we were like oh yeah like i just randomly picked these movies and i wanted to i was gonna do friday the or Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Uh-huh. Because I wanted to pick, like, two of my favorites in two franchises. But next year, we're right. going to be doing the entire franchise of Nightmare on Elm Street. It worked out better this way. Yeah. So, anyway, how are you doing? What's going on with you, Christina? Are you enjoying Voidtober so far? I guess. There's a lot going on. I know. Like, <laughs> there's a lot going on in personal life. Right. I got a cyst on my nose removed. Yeah. So, there's, like, this giant raisin. So, I'll probably <laughs> go as, like, a witch for Halloween. Oh, my God. Yeah. she They had to burn it off her head. <laughs> <laughs> my nose. You got yeah. something? You got something? Uh... Got something right there. Okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, and it's like every day is a new trying day. Right. Everything changes. All of our all of our uh, plans and everything get thrown out the fucking window. That's okay. We're we're working through it. Yeah, just so that you know, we're trying to do a lot in the background while we're doing this show, the YouTube, the Twitch. So I hope you guys enjoy uh, the stuff that we're putting out there. Uh, one of the more recent videos I did was for the VHS 94 review on YouTube. 
YouTube. Uh, we've been having fun. Uh, we did play uh, horror games uh, on Monday of last, or what was it Saturday of last week? Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be we're going to be doing a watch party on Wednesday, and I will be there. Yeah, we're gonna watch one of the two movies we picked uh, that that'll just be fun to have fun with. Right, and Halloween you guys will movies. get to pick. Yeah, it's like they're like anthologies. I think both of them are. And so we're going to watch those together on Amazon. So as long as you have Amazon Prime, you can come with us on and Twitch. watch it. And it's at 5 p.m. P- at PST, so California time. Right. So if you don't know what PT it is and what time it is in your neck of the woods, all you got to do is it? just Google it. Say, what time <laughs> is it in California right now? And then, or in PT, and uh, they'll it'll tell you. So it's usually 5 p.m. Typically in Arizona, our time never changes, which I've mentioned to you guys many times before, but it makes it ultra confusing for everybody when their time changes because <laughs> they're like, wait, what time is it there now? Oh, well, if it falls back, well, that means we're on California time. If it goes forward, that means you guys are two hours ahead of us on the East Coast. <laughs> Otherwise, it's three hours ahead and we don't change. That Yeah, it's like so fucking weird. <laughs> But anyway, hope you guys join us on that. We still have a lot of merch. Uh, thank you guys for supporting us with the merchandise. It really does help us go a long way to continue to do what we do and and be able to rent these movies and, you know, just basically have a really good time with you guys and continue to do that. So if you haven't considered buying anything yet, we have everything. Stickers, mugs, everything. So, and I, I know I bring it up a lot, but if I don't bring it up, people just don't think about it. <laughs> you know, it's not in their face, so... Consider picking something up for yourself, whether even if it's just a sticker or a fucking huge, nice, fucking beautiful fucking Zeppo buddy. Right. But other than that, I think it might be that time, Christina. What time is it? It's, it's October. Horse shots! All right, guys. So Christina and I sort of kind of came up with this on a whim while we were watching well, one of the movies. I went to the grocery store and they had all the Halloween Mountain Dews. Right. So I just bought them all. <laughs> right. Because she was like, I know we're going to fucking watch. Uh, we're going to use these somehow. Because I was like telling her I wanted to make like more seasonal, like Halloween-y themed stuff. So next week we might have like something that's like pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect for us to use all the different flavors right. from Mountain Dew in one horror shop. But... Dude, and they're really good. I never get to drink soda. So I've been kind of like, you know, we all we drink so is like flavored you. water and like fucking water. That's it. Right. But they do. Oh, have... and milk. Yeah, but they do have a no sugar that's yeah. pretty good but it's still bad for you <laughs> i know but I, just let me have a fucking you I know, know i'm not giving shit i'm saying i never drink this shit but now i'm addicted so <laughs> so our shot involves three shots it's technically like a flight of shots so uh <laughs> get prepared to get drunk because we decided to use the highest volume of alcohol we could of all the stuff we could because we wanted to get you guys fucked up and we always end up using 99 bananas anyway because it's strong and we have a lot of it <laughs> yeah and it's flavorful and it tastes good so yeah. i don't really mind doing it and uh they ought to support us and like give us fucking like free bottles and shit because we literally have done a lot of 99 bananas <laughs> and or 99 flavors 99 liqueur yeah 99 liqueurs so anyway uh, some of you are probably rolling your eyes but fuck you uh <laughs> So we figured it'd be fun fun to call this in order of 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 the names of the areas Jason's been. So it's called a Jason was here. So where are the places Jason's been? Well, we have Crystal Lake. 
which we use to mix half pineapple, 99 pineapples, with the Mountain Dew Voodoo mystery flavor, which I don't even know what it tastes like. It tastes like grape-ish. I think it tastes like Skittles. I don't know, but that's the Crystal Lake. So you pour it half pineapple with the Voodoo Mountain Dew. Then in the other one, we got Crystal Lake turned to camp blood after mom attacked everything you know jason got drowned in crystal leg his mom killed and became camp blood so we put in the second one mountain dew major melon which is watermelon sugar free with bananas 99 bananas because things went bananas that day or that night rather (laughs) and then for the last shot we got our forest green because the town really didn't want to be called crystal lake anymore because all the bloodshed all the bloodshed and all the bad things that happened so in part six where we are watching to for this episode of course it's just peachy so we put a little peach 99 peaches and uh a little bit of the mountain do thrashed apple which is green so you got crystal lake camp blood and an apple forest green so you're gonna do all those shots right yeah i'm gonna do them right now from crystal lake all the way to forest green i can't do these shots because i have to drive after this episode so yeah so So i'm gonna do it for ready five four hold on shut up (laughs) i'm I'm, I'm gonna line them up all right you ready five four three two one 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 down two down Three down. How you feeling? I, I got a party in my mouth with a lot of different <laughs> flavors going on right now. <laughs> Just make sure it doesn't come back up. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, are you okay? So it's not bad. I like it. I mean, it tastes all good. It's it's really. Ooh, there it is. Ooh, was that, that a burp? No, it was. A, it was finally hitting me that how strong those shots were. Ooh. I mean, you're talking about fucking. You know, fifty percent alcohol by volume. Right, so it's, and that's a lot of sugar too. You yeah, crash. Oof, oof. I need something to wake me up though. Anyway, guys, if you would like to try a Jason was here, all you have to do is go to Long Live the Void and find out what Cramp Crystal Lake turned to Camp Blood and Forest Green because we think we're so cool. And check out our hashtag Forest <laughs> Horror <laughs> Shots right now. What was that? Four shots. <laughs> anyway. That's it for horror shots. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little buzzed now. Good. Let's I can feel it. Seriously, I can feel it surging through my veins. <laughs> anyway, guys, let's go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of the episode. Don't forget, by the end of this episode and our end of the podcast talk, we're going to be talking about which Tommy is the best. Lock in your answers now. And we're going to go ahead and jump into <laughs> Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives and Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers, producer's from 1995. And we'll go ahead and do that right now. All right, Friday the 13th, part six, Jason lives. Tommy Jarvis goes to the graveyard to get rid of Jason Voorhees' body. (laughs) We're just fucking going to a fucking hate room, an anger room. (laughs) You know those rooms where they, like, fucking smash things? Yeah, Yeah, he's just doing it on Jason's body just because he's pissed off. (laughs) But inadvertently, Tommy brings him back to life instead. 
the newly revived killer once again seeks revenge, and Tommy may be the only one who can defeat him. (laughs) Tagline, evil lives forever. Nice. Uh, Written and directed by Tom McLaughlin. Something like that. There you go. Okay, whatever. Okay, he's, Look it up, people. He's, he's done episodes for Freddy's Nightmare, Amazing Stories, and Freddy the 13th series. He, and One Dark Night. That was his first movie. This is his right, second. Right. It's crazy. Um, he's also directed a bunch of TV movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, written by uh, Sean S. Cunningham and Victor Mil- Miller. Those are just the characters, yeah. Right, right. All right. So this movie stars Tom Matthews, who was Freddy in Return of the Living Dead. And he was in Mean Guns, Nemesis from 1992, and in 2022, he is set to be in Final Summer, about a summer camp, and a movie called Jammin' Dead. Jammin' Dead. Jammin'? Jammin' Dead. Jammin'. Yeah. Jammin', we jammin', we jammin'. That kind of jammin'. (laughs) All right, also starring Jennifer Cook, who plays Megan. She was in Guiding Light. (laughs) <laughs> and V, the TV series from the eighties. She was watching me look like like I I was guiding <laughs> was like running. I was like I was blind walking around and she was the guiding light. Anyway, okay. Date. And V from the TV series. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I love that show, but I don't love it because it's kind of boring. It, yeah, now that you think when you're a kid, but when I was a amazing. kid, that was the only thing that was the weirdest thing out there. It was really weird. Like that was a mainstream show, dude, and people were ripping their faces off and showing reptiles underneath it. Exactly. Like they were doing that back in the eighties, dude. Like, that's some crazy <laughs> shit right there. Anyway, now we got satanic pedophiles. Continue. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. David Kagan, mm-hmm. who plays Sheriff Garris, was in Santa Barbara, the TV show, and General Hospital, and Boris and Natasha, the TV movie. Oh, that should have won awards. Also in Santa Barbara was Renee Jones, who plays Sissy, and she was also in Days of Our Lives. Mm. Also starring Tom Fridley, who plays Court, he was in Face Off from 1997 and Phenomenon from 1996. Mm, interesting, Christina. Yes, it, very interesting. And what did you think of this movie, Mr. Alex? I think it's really interesting that they gave the the movie to Tom McNaughton, and, and he's like the son of a magician. He was a former mime. He went to mime school. Wow. Like, oh my God, he looks like a mime. And he'd only done one movie, too. He'd only done One Dark Night, which is not a bad movie, by the way. I I actually like that. It's one we need to pick up and, and actually review. Mm-hmm. But Jason Lives is his second movie. And it's just so crazy to me how well he did for this and how well he was the choice for this one. They knew that they needed to get someone young because this is the movie that needed to happen after part five. I don't care if you're a fan of part five or not. At the time, Everyone hated it, and despite the few, you know, few of you fans out there that love Part 5 and will stand up for it, I don't hate you or disrespect you in any way, but everyone loved Jason and not Roy, okay? If they came down to it, they love fucking Jason, all right? (laughs) Don't give me no lip. (laughs) So they, they needed a win on this one, and they hired, you know, him as a young guy who had a comedic bone in him, which, you know, plays well into Part 6. Jason lives. It's it's a horror fans movie because there's so many different nods and things in this movie that just make it a a whole entertainment film. You know what I mean? It's just really entertaining with loads of references, Easter eggs. It has a sense of humor. It has spectacle. It has, you know, a lot of kills and a lot of fun, tightly packed 
things into this movie that really go well. And I really like Tom Matthews in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like he was great in Return of the Living Dead, but he really shines here in as Tommy Jarvis. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is the better role of the two, even though I love Return of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. But it, it is the first damn movie in the franchise also to have kids in camp. By the way, and I don't mean the camp counselors. I mean the camp the kids, children, the children. I personally am a a fan of this particular one. I think this is one of the best in the series. But you know, everyone has their favorite, or at least least favorite. <laughs> you barely find anyone with the same list when it comes to Friday the Thirteenth. Probably because everyone is just a little bit different. But this is probably my favorite one of all. Of them, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, now if you want a more scary, you might not find that in this particular movie because it is a little bit more having fun with the genre rather than trying to scare you. And but, you know, when you get into franchises and you're on the sixth film, you don't really expect all that much. So it was kind of interesting where they took it. I enjoyed it watching this over and over and over as a kid. I actually thought it was kind of scary when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I like it had funny parts in it, but it also was kind of scary. Right. I really enjoy the combo in any case. And it just makes for one hell of an entertaining film. I, it's just like, oh, the biggest word I could say about this film. It's really entertaining. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the humor. I don't think that they pushed it too far, although there are some scenes with, like, the red dot thing that are just a little too much. Mm-hmm. Silly. Yeah. Wherever the red dot goes, you bang. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun that way, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? This is kind of like, I wouldn't say this is, like, a so bad it's good movie, but it has, like, those elements in it that we appreciate in those kind of movies that only horror fans really appreciate, I think. Right. And I think that that's why this is such a you know, fan favorite for a lot of people because it just is what a lot of fans of horror just want to have fun. You know, they just want to enjoy themselves. Who knows? You know, at the times they are changing. <laughs> like people don't get schlock anymore. Like I, I saw, what was it? Chris Tuck, uh, Chris Stuckman mm-hmm. talk about that in like one of the movies, uh, Malignant or whatever, and how it was schlocky and, right. and, and like how, and I really think that he's got a point there because I feel like schlock is something that we grew up on the people that are making films now are the people that grew up on schlock Mm -hmm. so you're going to be seeing a lot more of that you know because they're old enough now to be making movies right you know you got people like i I mean no one in particular just a lot of younger uh directors and stuff who grew up in the 80s and 90s seeing a lot of this stuff and you're going to see it re-mimicked because everything runs in cycles right but at the end of the 90s we had everything had to be so So fucking real serious yeah and it was like you can't like, that's what a lot of kids are growing up on. Kids these days don't even know what a VHS tape is. Right. In their 20s. They don't even know what Blockbuster is. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They, like, they aren't going to need it. I mean, like, they may because they had a brother or sister or something like that that was older than them who kind of showed them. And maybe there was an old family out there that had VHS or something like that. Or still does. I don't know. But I just think that, you know, this is one of those films that has a good mix of a, a lot of stuff that you don't normally see in films today. It has like that cabin in the woods kind kind of feel to it where it's got humor but it's also got a lot of goods in it that horror fans like i wouldn't say it's cabin in the woods in in any way shape or form as far as story but tonally it has that kind of air about it where it's like kind of fun and 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 like you're kind of curious where it's gonna go and everything like that it's flawed but i still think it's a nine out of Mm ten like this is one of the best in the franchise and i don't know i mean i i guess i could say 10 out of 10 because i'd watch this one over all of them anytime Mm -hmm. uh, i guess but that's just me i haven't rewatched these in a long time so i can't say for 100 percent sure right but yeah this is one of my favorites 
And Friday the 13th is probably one of my second or third favorite franchises ever. Mm -hmm. So. Me too. Yeah? Yeah, I thought this was a lot of fun. I haven't sat down and watched the whole franchise a long time. I have seen this one before. I thought I didn't, but when we sat down and watched it, I was like, oh, okay, I've seen this before. It's just been a long time. Sure. But yeah, it's super funny. I thought the writing was great. It was witty. It's clever. Yeah, they even look at the camera sometimes and yeah. wink at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, because that grave digger guy. Right. And it was like, what the fuck was the purpose of that guy? But it, it was funny. It was cool. I know. It's kind of qu- creepy, too. It's like, what? what are, you, are you talking to me? Like you, And then like you mentioned Tommy, but I like the chemistry between Tommy and Megan. Sure. I liked their scenes together. They worked well together. Yeah. And, and, and it, even though I, I hate that kind of when they do like that love kind of shit in movies, but it worked. It was good in this one. Yeah, I it think it was really good in this. You know what I re- realized, and I also saw this in some of the documentary or document documentaries and stuff. You want another shot? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but like before, I heard this. I always felt like a lot of the jokes and humor in this feel like they were the the 90s in some way like how they did things in the 90s where it was like you know like in the 80s it was like very format like like kids were they would do this and there would be stereotypes and all this other shit Mm -hmm. in this one they kind of push the boundaries and are a little bit more edgy and more free spoken with their words right do you understand what i'm saying by that like they have more freedom to to be outside their character or team up and do weird stuff and have like camaraderie about it Right. Which you see in movies like Scream. Exactly. And stuff like that. Which, yeah. by the way, they say that this movie inspired Scream. Makes sense. Totally. For the tone. Yeah. For you see what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. Which it totally I don't makes sense. I don't think that it's like it necessarily, but I totally understand what they're trying to say. Right. Is that it has that more forward thinking sort of camaraderie about it that is the, like oh okay, yeah, it's like loosey goosey yeah. with all of the stuff that it does. Exactly. It's not it's not as silly as Scream is, I think, but it is the inklings, the earliest inklings of that, I guess. Uh-huh. So that's what they think, and I kind of see what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Sorry. it's okay but yeah even though like the story well the story doesn't really make sense with the franchise relating back to part five oh yeah i I don't even think it fucking matters because they they just cut out five they were just like that's cancer let's cut that out (laughs) it was pretty bad (laughs) you know it's still all around was a good story and I liked it. And well, I, and Tommy Jarvis like grows like twenty years. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> he was they needed, seventeen in part five. They needed to make it fit in. With he was the like story. five years grown in that part, and then he because he was like thirteen years old, I think, in the fucking what four in part four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. Who cares? It's fun. Whatever. You know what I mean? You're not supposed to take it so goddamn seriously. Why the fuck would they rename a town anyway? No, I, I think they just ran out of ideas. Like, yeah, but so they kind of created almost another universe. You know what I mean? Right. Which I liked. So I eight out of ten. Uh, you know, that's good for me. Okay. Well, I think it, I think it definitely brought back the franchise a little bit. It gave it a little bit yeah, more life. Life. So part seven. A lot of people are kind of like eh, up it, in the air on because it's a little wild. Uh huh. Because it's like a psychic versus Jason. So it's like. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I kind of like that one though yeah. because he. Is- Jason is a supernatural being. Well, I mean, so, he is now, at least in part yeah, six. Yeah, well, he has to be because fucking, like... Yeah. 
Well, how many times Nobody can you die? die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How many and times? And be resurrected. Same and... thing with Halloween. But people like their like regular kind of killers. You know what I mean? They right. They like their killers to be just just on the verge of supernatural, but not quite supernatural <laughs> because that's what's scary to them. But for me, nah, it's okay. Yeah, bring it on. So I don't know, but I really love this one. If you're not a fan of it, I, I'm sorry that your life is so sad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no i don't know i think it's just because when i grew up Mm -hmm. that was the style you know what i mean like that's the style that led us into the 90s which i think personally got a little carried away Mm -hmm. i'm not the biggest fan of scream franchise and i know that upsets a lot of friends of mine i'm very upset like i think you need to rewatch like survivor's guilt i feel bad with you need to rewatch it yeah i know when was the last time you saw i know we're going to do it are we? Yeah, because we're waiting for the fucking movie to come out. Yeah, but there's a lot of fucking movies we gotta get through. Yeah, but we're gonna time it so it's at the same time. I'm not gonna just watch it all willy nilly. <laughs> I thought we do shit straight around here. Like we know how we're doing, you know? You keep saying that as if I don't like it and I'm not gonna watch it, but I literally bought You're four, avoiding it. You're I bought the, it. the the trilogy on Blu-ray and we still need to get the fourth one, which I just mentioned to you yesterday. You did. And we'll get it. Calm the phone. Down. You know what? I'm gonna burn the fucking Blu-rays got, in front of burn you. Shit, those are my Blu-rays. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, guys, what do you think of this? Uh, am I overdoing it? Am I saying too much? Is it really not that great to you? I mean, everybody likes a little something different because they came in at different times in their life. You know, maybe you saw like ten movies before this that were similar to it, and you didn't think much of it. You know, like it could be the other way around. You know, there was never anything else out there like this and you know or maybe you were just a fan of friday the 13th and you felt like it gone to the wayside because part five was a cancer to you and this one really brought it back and kind of like gave it new wings you know i mean at least gave it three or four more fucking movies after that you know although manhattan isn't exactly the best but (laughs) they didn't have the budget you know like they didn't have the budget to go to new york and really do it up but they made do with it you know plus there's some pretty funny uh kills in that movie so Mm -hmm. Anyway, we do have some trivia on this. I'll get into that now. And uh, if you don't want anything spoiled, of course, you should, of course, watch this movie and come back. If you haven't seen it already, watch it again. You can watch it on Peacock for free. I think it's part of uh, Hulu and a premium subscription. So that might mean it's on somewhere else. Otherwise, you can rent it for $2.99. It could be on Shutter too. I don't know. Or you can follow our Amazon link. Yeah, and buy it. And buy it. Yeah, because we get like two pennies for that. Yes, please. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, if it's if you want to check it out, it's on Peacock for free. And I think that has ads on it if you don't pay the subscription. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So Tom McLaughlin was a huge fan of Universal Monsters. Go figure. This is his love letter to Frankenstein. Oh, which explains the beginning of the movie. Right. I mean, of course. But I, I like that it so accidentally haphazardly happens that, you know. Yeah, exactly. That two two guys break out of an asylum and go to kill Jason once and for all and happen to accidentally bring him back to life. Whoopsie. Yeah. He said that he also still owns the, the actual Voorhees tombstone that you see in the movie. The uh, tombstone you can it can actually be seen in the teaser trailer for the film, and he actually keeps it in his backyard. 
<laughs> and he said that people often mistaken it for like an actual tombstone. And he said one of the fucking meter people came over to check his power meters. <laughs> And they refused to go in his backyard. <laughs> because of a gravestone? Yeah, yeah. Because That's so he, stupid. There's that there was some people of the, everywhere. Right. But I mean, like, you know, it's not really normal to have it in your backyard. I imagine like a, a fenced-in backyard. Right. That's a right. little weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> why, why is that not weird to me? I don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Does your goth try hard? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> she sleeps with bones, guys. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but the hands you see that are opening the coffin lid <clears throat> in the beginning, uh, when they rip out off of uh, Jason to stab him. Right. That's... um. Wasn't Tom Matthews' hands. That was actually Tom's hands. Like Tom oh, the McCall. director's. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, there's a few instances like that in the movie. Like we have different Jasons, like uh, Dan Bradley, who was a crew member on the on the movie, played Jason on the first day of shooting, which is why Jason's build and the paintball scenes are different. Oh, okay. This is also why Jason's eye color changes during the film too, <laughs> because Paramount had seen the first days and and rushes and asked that Jason be recast. Really? Yeah, they felt like Bradley looked too bulky in the role, so they had C.J. Graham, who is one of a lot of people's favorites. Um, oh, Jason. Jason. But yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting. There are a ton of Easter eggs in this movie too, by the way. So if you do not know, um, a few of them that are like really popular is that like, the sheriff of the town is actually named after Mick Garris, Sheriff Garris. Oh. Mick Garris being one of the people who did the Masters of Horror. Right. He was also like a journalist beforehand and mm -hmm. he used to go to all the sets and like became friends with all the directors during the like hot. The, he was like on the thing. I think he was on the thing set. Right. When the thing was being made kind of right. kind of guy, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and he's like interviews, you know, John Carpenter all the time. Plus, he's just a producer. He did Critters and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. He's just been a big part of horror forever. Uh, and I don't think he gets as much credit as he probably deserves. And but he still is because he has a podcast. Yeah, he's he doing really stuff. good with that. Yeah. He has everybody on that, though. Yeah, like, yeah. That's because he's been doing this shit forever. Exactly. But also you got like things like like in the movie, Sheriff Garris actually calls and says, well, I'll go check out and call down to this, the town of Carpenter. Uh, John Carpenter. Not, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, he, again, this is that's why I say this is that fan service movie. You know, like it's like, hey, we, we got sort of mistreated with the Roy package. Maybe we could, you know, spice it up with some fun things so that, you know, people could be like, oh, yeah. Um, like they also have uh, Megan, the daughter of the sheriff, who makes reference to Cunningham Road, Sean Cunningham, who, mm -hmm. you know, Friday the 13th, period. Um, although I think it might be Victor Miller's now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> oh, is that? Oh, never mind. The, the, lawsuit the lawsuit crap. Yeah. Um, they got the place where Tommy calls the sheriff and Megan answers the phone, remember? Mm -hmm. And she's like, where are you right now? And he's like, someplace called Karloff's, <laughs> which is a nod to Boris Karloff. Oh, Karloff. Okay. Yeah, because he's a fan of the Universal Monsters and oh. everything like that. And I think, wasn't it Boris Karloff that played Frankenstein? I'm pretty sure. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you know, remember the scene where the two camp leaders are driving into town? They run into Jason with the spear. Uh-huh. That was, first of all, that was the director's wife, Nancy. Oh, okay. She did good. Yeah. And the other guy, of course, became famous for Ghost, which, you know, uh, I can't think of his name off the top of Patrick my head. Patrick Swayze? No. Ghost. The guy that was cheating on Patrick Swayze's girlfriend or whatever when he died. And he gets dragged up by demons, ghosts. 
Uh-huh. Do you not remember him like hitting on his girlfriend while he was dead? He was the reason that fucking Patrick Swayze died. Spoiler alert. Oh, I don't remember that. Good person. Lord. Okay, never mind. No, you said ghost and I was just naming off people. You're freaking me out. Gee, Whippy Goldberg. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, she was in ghost. <laughs> but when she gets killed in that, she's offering up her money and her fucking and her what? You mentioned it when we were watching it. She was holding up her money and she had credit card. Oh, and the American Express. Right. Yeah. And he said that he put that in there specifically. Mm-hmm. So some jackass in the back of the theater would be like, don't leave home without it. <laughs> that was huge back then. Yes, dude. That yeah. was on every fucking commercial. Everything. So like, I think that's really funny. Like, I do too. See, that's the kind of. I thought of that when I saw the card. I was like, I was, well, actually, I was like, oh my God, what was the catchphrase? <laughs> that's what see, I this is why I get like upset when I get offended a little bit when it's like when the genre tries to have fun with itself a little bit and then people are like oh it's too silly and stupid it's like come on man we got so many fucking movies like just have fun a little every once in a while right jesus <laughs> so you know the the movie before the one with with uh tommy is 17 year old at the house and everything like that and it ends up being roy spoiler alert uh-huh <laughs> sorry guys you should have seen these movies by now like what I, you... this is number six i yeah, mean i, I think we're okay <laughs> um but anyway, the guy that played him, who was uh, John Shepard, he became a, a born-again Christian, and so he did not want to reprise the role. So that's why they got Tom Matthews instead, oh. which I think is a better choice. He had such a, a miserable time, he had to find Jesus. Dude, Tom Matthews has like the hero-esque kind of thing going on with him than, than the other guy, I think, because he Murray's shaking his toy in he here. He wants attention so bad. Yeah, that Tommy. But yeah, I think the the Tommy from the the fifth movie was like a little too serious. They wanted to make him more sinister to kind of like play this whodunit kind of thing with him. And I I just don't think he would have been good in this movie. Right. Where Tom Matthews was in Return of the Living Dead, and we already know he has sort of a comedic beat while also mm-hmm. being the kind of hero type. Right. You know, so, and he's really dedicated, you know. To his role. Right. And yeah, plus, roles. dudes, uh, even now, like, just going up to talk to Tom Matthews now, he's just, mm-hmm. just a fucking cool guy. Uh-huh. I remember oh, yeah, I was live streaming, and he didn't even give a fuck. Uh-huh. He was just like, hey, guys, what's up? And he was just talking to the stream and shit. Uh-huh. And I was just like, wow, man, thank you. I didn't even ask. Like, right. I was kind of a dick. And he <laughs> he could have been a dick, and I wouldn't, have been, I wouldn't have judged him for it. Right. But he wasn't. He was, like, all about it. And I bought, like, two photos from him because of that. Uh-huh. You know? Like, he's just a cool guy. Plus, he was in that re... The, he's been in the fan films a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, the yeah. Never Hike Alone. Yeah, plus... Don't the, walk in the snow. Don't, don't hike in the snow or yeah, whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, the final scene that that was to be shot of the RV, that was the very last scene that they shot on the set. It was a big scene. Yes, it's a very big scene. And they were really nervous about it because they, like, it was kind of dangerous, you know, for, for CJ Graham to be on top of the thing while it was on fire, for it to be flipping and why anybody had to be on top of that thing. Well, you know what I mean? (laughs) But it was a cool shot and it really does make, I think, make the, it's a very iconic art on top of the RV oh, scene. Oh, yeah, to- totally. Looks really cool. Um, But there was some funny, like, little background. Remember I told you there was, like, a story that I couldn't remember what it was? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it, What it was is that the production manager, 
was trying to like get deals for himself. Mm-hmm. Same production manager, and I can't think of his name right off the top of my head as the one that that did the movie Halloween, the very first Halloween. Mm-hmm. That happened to be his first movie, uh, his oh, first wow. horror movie that he did. He was on the he was a production manager on this movie, and uh, he was trying to like coerce deals with the RV. There was a swamp cooler on top that he probably he set aside. Mm-hmm. That's like a thousand dollars because he knew they were going to blow it up, and he was like, "Well, I'll just take this. We don't need to ruin that." So when when this production crew got wind of it, they were like, oh, this is our opportunity to put it back on. So when it does the flip, you see that's the first thing that goes flying off is that thousand dollar swamp cooler. And it goes rolling (laughs) and destroys it. So he was basically trying to pocket that. And it wasn't really his money anyway. Oh, my God. You see what I mean? Yeah. So there's nothing he could really say. So that's why they did it. Right. They were like, oh, this is a good way to get back at the production manager for always yelling at us. (laughs) You know what I mean? So. Uh Anyway, that's that's pretty much it for the trivia. There are other things, and and I urge you to go check it out. There's like a six and a half hour documentary that's done on called this movie, Crystal Lake Memories. Uh, no, it's the entire franchise. Oh, okay. I thought you just meant this yeah, movie. No, no, fuck no. <laughs> There's a three hour one on tr- Street Trash. Oh, yeah. I think it's like a two right. and a half, three hour movie. Or, I gotta tell you, some of these documentaries on the movies are more interesting than the movies. Oh, I love the you Street know? Trash one. That was by Synapse. Mm-hmm. That was so much fun. And you get to meet the guy who was like the dickhead cop in the movie. Mm-hmm. And he lives in Tucson and shit. And his son's like big fan of it. And oh, that's funny. I just thought that was cool because we live in Arizona. And it's yeah. like, you know, I don't know. It's just fun. But yeah, let's talk about some of our scenes. Like in the very beginning, do you remember what you pointed out? Um, the very first thing I said, go ahead, write it down. What, his body with the maggots? James Mond. Oh, that well, before that, so when they were digging up Jason, I liked the first kill when Jason killed his friend and he, like, put his hand through his heart and he just, like, ripped out the heart. You knew yeah. it was just going to be ridiculous. Oh, num she bum Oh, num she bum yeah. Like some Indiana Jones on the Temple yeah, of Doom exactly, fucking shit. Exactly. And, what, like, why did they do a James Bond opening? I thought that was so weird. Do you know what's funny is that other movies tried to, like, <laughs> rip off the whole, ch- you know, ripping your heart out of your chest like that. Mm-hmm. There's movies that just did it so much. Right. I think it was the Night Killer that was in 1990 that tried to rip that off mm-hmm. and try to be like fucking Jason. Oh. You know, because he was uh-huh. punching hearts out of people's chests. That's right. Okay. And there's no reason for it because he's not supernatural at all in uh-huh. Night Killer, which is that Claudio Fragasso film, mm-hmm. which is amazing. One of the best So Bad It's Good films. But I just remember him always punching out people's hearts. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, and now I realize he probably took it from. From this movie. From this movie. Yeah, I don't remember if Jason punched out a heart in any of the early ones because it's been a while. Right. It's been years since I've watched the franchise again. Now I got a memory like a fucking cat. So, um, but, but yeah, I like that too. That was pretty cool. That guy was actually in uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh, yeah. It was a really like big part of that show, mm-hmm. which was a really popular show back in the day. He was part of the one of the funny clown kids in the class. Oh, okay. You know, or cl- clown kids. I mean, like class clown kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, that was his uh, sanit- sanitarium buddy that comes to help him out, and you're, you're like thinking to yourself, like, wow, he's actually kind of chill, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like uh, freaking He's out. He's not that crazy. <laughs> but I love that, like, you know, Tom Matthews is like, yeah, fuck you, Jason. When he throws the fucking. Right. After stabbing him in the chest like a 90 times. <laughs> and it's like, then the lightning happens and then he gets back up. 
kills uh-huh. the dude. Dude, it's just that's just so great. Like I know it seems so cheesy to people, but like he's got to come back to life somehow. It's so great. Like it doesn't matter well, how yeah. he comes back. Just get him back. Yeah. Just make him a fucking maggot infested fucking really, land shark that's uh-huh. just like tearing through people. <laughs> you know what I what I kind of wish that they would do in the franchise? Is get him. There's two things. I mean, I always wanted him to go through the city mm-hmm. and go, you know, and start killing people in the city. And then the cops try to take like, him out. Like, uh, get into a high rise, get out on the street, you know, like. Go to space. <laughs> <laughs> no, we already did that. <laughs> but also, like, a suburbs. Like, go through the houses of the suburbs uh-huh. and start fucking killing people. I don't know. Like Michael Myers? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I, I just mean, like, I just anywhere. Take him anywhere. Right, I just right. want to see a new Jason. like Somewhere else. Yeah, Let's like, on the prowl. Everybody would say, oh, it doesn't make sense why you would leave Crystal Lake. Well, why does he kill everyone anyway? It doesn't make any sense. They're not even the ones that fucking drowned him. Right. Or killed his mom. <laughs> we're, we're we're predicating this all on the fact that Jason forgot who killed his mom. <laughs> like that's some pretty fucking crazy shit. Like how many people he obviously has hit somebody in the family tree that like you know, with as many kills as he's had. Right. <laughs> Anyway, um, they do show that Bond Jason thing where he, he walks out and slices the screen like James Bond yeah, well, I don't, films. Was James Bond really popular back then? Is that why they did that, you think? No, I, I forget who did it, but it was in the editing process. And even the director didn't know it was in there. And when he saw really? it, he was just like, I love this. Oh, okay. Because it kind of sets the tone of the film. Yeah, it really it's, does. It's not going to be that crazy or it's not going to be that, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like. I don't know. Okay, it reminds me of um, The Bride of Chucky, even though they should have done that famous movie poster like, you know, The Bride of Frankenstein. Instead, they did it like the Scream poster. Right, okay. You know, it's because it was just a sign of the times. Right, well, everybody, you know, all hail the Scream. (laughs) Everybody always thinks. Even though Chucky was out way before Scream, but anyway. So Tommy gets taken into the sheriff's office. Of course, nobody fucking believes him. And he's you know, like, you're going to be sorry that you did that, you know. Then later on, they, they pin it on him, thinking that he's trying to make it happen. Dying. It's yeah. like, come on, dude. There was a murderer that went around killing people. At the very least, do you think maybe someone might be trying to pretend to be Jason? At the very least, he might have some sort of fucking misinterpretation that there was a guy that was laying in a grave or something. And you wouldn't at least check it out. No, no, no. This doesn't exist. But it, but it wouldn't be a good horror movie if they did. If they right. did believe it, right? Right, totally. It's like you got to have the piranha. You got to have the, or I should say Jaws, because, you know, like, oh, I'm not shutting down the beach. Right. You know what I mean? Like, otherwise, there's no one to kill. Money. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have people in the water if you want to fucking see blood. That's right. <laughs> it's funny, too, because I, I really enjoyed the rv scene mm. like the whole this is fun yeah it really is and uh th- it, w- it was the only time in the whole movie where they did the cha cha chi chi yeah 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 that was the only time where don't come a knocking when this rv's a rocking <laughs> right but it, it was really good when they, they that were was the worst sex and- scene by the way because there was no nudity well apparently by the way there's um they tried to get her to have like topless uh-huh after they already signed the contract not to do topless oh. and she's like no 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 good for her yeah exactly her. like i wouldn't i'd be I'd like fuck yeah you yeah. pay me you pay me more money then hell yeah i'll fucking do it right um but yeah jason comes up they're fucking he yanks the cord out 
They go out. The guy goes out and checks, which, yeah, I'd be nervous, too. Yeah. If I went out there and the power was cut out, because why? Like, who did that? Yeah. And he makes the obvious point, which is so great, mm -hmm. because normally they're just in in previous movies. They're all like, oh, the power went out. Better go check. <laughs> right. He, like, is actually pointing he, it out. Yeah. And he's, like, scared. He's like, why is this cut? Who that's, cut a, that's, this? that's why I'm saying it's so yeah. forward thinking when I say that, like, like yeah. the, the kind of like, you know, cabin in the woodsy kind of way right. where they're like, yeah, that doesn't really happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think you should go outside the pothead guy. Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. maybe, you know, when did she become such a block calling people blockheads? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> but yeah, like uh, what happens is they go back in the thing. They realize that there's somebody out there. They get f spooked. And they go, but Jason's already inside because she came outside, too, uh -huh. because she was scared to be alone. Right. And then Jason goes in there. They get back in the RV. He starts speeding off. He's like, wow, this has really got power, man. Like, And, <laughs> and then, he put, then he puts on Alice Cooper. <laughs> right. What was the song? Alice Cooper's all over this. I think he has like two or three uh, songs yeah, in Yeah, it's three songs. Uh, oh, I didn't write down what song it was. Yeah, but he has three songs in it? Yeah, three songs. Yeah. But there was a really cool shot because she was in the back. She kept she Oh, kept you're Frankenstein. Falling. I'm your Frankenstein. Right. Is that what the one I, was? I think I it was. Know. I don't remember. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. She kept, So he's driving really fast and she keeps falling to the back, to the back of the RV. Of course, Jason grabs her and pulls her into the bathroom. Which is awesome. Which was such a cool shot because it was an overhead shot. Yeah, she gave so, it her all, dude. Yeah, she was she like, was I was struggling. a tiny girl, and she was like, I gave it my all in that shot. Yeah, that was a really cool shot. But the kill is so dumb. It really is. <laughs> Didn't he, like, slam her up against the mirror or something? Or And it went through the wall, and you could see, like, her face. Dude, it is, okay, and I think, and I'm not 100% sure if this is where they borrowed it from, but if you've ever seen Peter Jackson's Dead Alive, where they smacked the kid in the face with the fucking shovel mm -hmm. and oh. they see the print of the face of the baby right come the through shovel. the metal it's yeah. a very i think it's more of a um nod to um the three stooges mm -hmm. and that kind of like wacky kind of right. you know right. because there's no way that he could push her face not only through a mirror <laughs> but the fucking you know her right. jaw would crush exactly. it would not even but who cares it was still fun yeah of course yeah and yeah. then and then jason runs to the front and then stabs him with a spear right no he stabs him with a rambo knife oh sorry i thought i was thinking it was the uh the original yeah spear. he's got even in the even in the uh story boarding that they did they show it says rambo oh, on the thing that's nice. why i say rambo okay. knife but everybody knows what the rambo knife is you know it's a bowie mm -hmm. knife uh they but he stabs him in the head with it he said it was a real knife all the way up into the point where he stabbed him mm -hmm. so when he walks up there with it down by his side and the kid's just rocking out. Mm -hmm. Then the van flips. And then Jason, we get that scene we were talking about. Right. So let's talk about the, the tricapitation. The tri-decapitation. Uh-huh. That was a cool scene. Right. It, it, I, the, the humor in it just felt a little out of place. I'm sure it did for some people, too. Right. But, you know, that was the tone of the film, whether you got it right away or not. But if you didn't, that is... This is the scene in which it's like, okay, yeah, this is in there. This is that typical sort of, I don't know. It's just fun to have in there. Jason's walking around in daylight, <laughs> by the way, which is even more kind of weird. Mm -hmm. And there's paintballers out there and the two guys get shot by this girl. And she's like, you know, take it from me, you know, just take it on the chin, guys, and put it on your foreshadow headbands that say dead uh, <laughs> before we all get our heads chopped off. <laughs> and then there's that other guy who's in the background like, 
crawling across the floor and shit like that across the forest floor oh the pussy like he's yeah like he's got really the glasses scared. yeah apparently and- that was one of the guys from his mime class the directors oh really then oh. he had come in he was like you have to be in this <laughs> that's kind of cool so. and then there's the misogynist guy yes oh my god who was bitching about the girl and she needs to get back in the kitchen <laughs> right and then he smashes his head against the tree yeah and then it's like have a nice day uh-huh. it's got the smiley face that's funny that's pretty cool yeah, why don't you go back to the kitchen? This bitch. Yeah. Because he got shot by her, too. Yeah. Yeah. And he was pissed. But yeah, when they chopped their heads off, that scene is so cool. Like how the camera works in that, because you see them get their heads chopped off. Mm -hmm. The camera's literally focused on what's behind it. So when they chop it, you see the bodies drop, and then it reveals the dorky dude who then shoots him in the chest, Uh which is also really great. Because it's like... Because then Jason's like, what the fuck? (laughs) is this so stupid and but it's then just funny. starts walking after him i yeah. mean what else do you do he's just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> which you find out later that he dies of course, right yeah. of course that that got chopped down actually well not their heads i mean the actual <laughs> footage uh, oh. they had they showed their heads falling down on the ground oh man that but, th- but cool. i think that it kind of helped uh, for that shot anyway because them showing the dude behind them mm-hmm. behind them was a really cool shot it was a really good orchestrated way to show the character behind him and reveal him right i thought that was cool uh there was also that scene with the fucking uh caretaker in the fucking cemetery Mm -hmm. i gotta talk about that right of course you do because not 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 his death just the part where they tommy takes the police there by you know they're telling him they're escorting him out of town and they're like you have to drive out of here and you're not coming back to our county so you need to get the fuck out of here and out of our just jurisdiction like, well, just look at the grave look at the grave right and they and he won't and then he makes a beeline for it and they have to follow him to the cemetery and he's like no look at the grave look at the grave it's it's buried up and then the caretaker's there he's like what's going on <laughs> And he, he buried it up. But before that, they show the caretaker there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he sees that guy that was from the sanitarium in the place of the grave with the, like, the waterproof uh, boots on and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the silly ones. Right. The brown and blue colored ones. And he's like, oh, they didn't even care to fucking cover him up or anything. <laughs> well, I'm not touching his slimy ass. <laughs> and then the, and then the fucking, he looks dead ass at the fucking camera. And he's like, he's like, some people have the weird, strangest idea about fucking entertainment (laughs) that was funny and i just loved that i don't know why but it's just like it's like wait what's going on it's breaking that wall right you know it's like the fucking office shit you know i almost feel i mean he did a really good job there but i feel like george buck flowers that was like a role that george buck flowers could have been in Oh, I don't know who that is. George McFlowers is, like, one of the most notorious fucking... Like, he's been in everything. And he was notorious for being a drunk in all these movies. Mm-hmm. One, he got hit by a car. He was also in... Uh, when... when um, what's his name? Comes back to the future. Mm-hmm. And he's pull, he, he shows back up after the clock gets struck. The tower gets struck. Uh-huh. He's the bum on the bench. Oh. That he sees, oh, okay. you know, like he's yeah. just been in like a lot of roles. I feel like he could have done it too, but this guy did a really good job. Yeah, he did. And that guy gets killed because 
He's drinking his bottle out in the middle of the fucking woods. And Jason does not take shit from fucking motherfuckers who are throwing trash in his goddamn forest. I don't care if you call it Forest Green or you call it Camp Crystal Lake. It's not going to be very crystal or it's not going to be very green if you keep throwing your fucking trash in there, old man. (laughs) So, of course, he throws it and then Jason catches it and he doesn't hear it hit the ground. So he turns around. Mm-hmm. And Jason just crushes it in his hand and then stabs him in the throat, right? <laughs> Doesn't he? I think so, yeah. And that's when the like couple are like that are like they took a like road into the they took like a their bike into the forest to go kind of make out oh, and stuff. Oh, that's right. And they get fucking they get shish kebobbed on the bike <laughs> by Jason. <laughs> I forgot about that part. There's some pretty cool kills in this one. Yeah, there's yeah, those a lot of random kills at the beginning which I liked. There what? was like the kill count for this movie is like 18, 19 people. That's uh, a lot. I mean, there's m- bigger movies with more. Right. But, but yeah, for for this, yeah, definitely. Yeah, totally. I think I think uh the um what is it? The um J- Freddy versus Jason has a lot too. Well, better. Yeah, but there's uh, another scene in a movie that I just caught and realized this time. I'm sure I've heard it before, but it just got me kind of thinking. The two of the girls that are camp counselors are kind of wondering where some of the other counselors are. And one of them says, hey, let's play Camp Blood. And she pulls out a regular deck of cards. She's like, I'll put Jason in the deck. And she takes the Joker. And the object is to find which cabin Jason is in. And that got me thinking about, like, how you would play that game. Yeah, because that's a lot of cards. And and we we were, but I, I stopped the movie and was telling you, like, what if you did this? Like, what if, you know, you mm-hmm. if you draw a certain number of cards, it would do certain things in the different cabins that you did. And Jason would get moved around a lot and you would have to try to find him. And if you did, and if the next card you drew wasn't a certain number, then he either got hurt or you got hurt and you had to kill him. There was point structure. Well, there's already a game out there, actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you Google it. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. I have a link that I'll put it here, but it's we have a deck of cards that are the Jason cards, you know, that's got like the, the Friday the 13th. Cards? Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, it's just a bunch of playing cards, but you can use them and they have all these different rules. And if you're looking for something fun to do, I'll put a link down in the things we talked about in the podcast section so that you can check it out for yourself guys um but it seems like it's really fun and i want to play it sometime you okay. know just for fun because we got the deck of cards we just gotta find them right we just gotta find them. i don't even know if you need like the jason cards anyway but we'll also put a link to those in the some things we talked about in the podcast so you can pick up a pair a pack of cards too they're th- on they're amazon like, yeah they're like eight bucks or something yeah. like that but they're, they're really cheap. cool I like the part where that girl who suggested to play that game, though, she gets her head twisted off. Remember? Right. That was kind of a cool looking scene. Uh, the deputy Rick, there was a really funny scene with him because he was talking about his gun and he's got this like, he's like, I just mail order fucking laser sight that I just put on a gun. He's like, he's real fancy with that thing. You know, (laughs) he's like, you better be careful, Tommy. He's like, yeah, whatever the red dot goes, bang, you bang. Right. Well, later on, Tommy and Megan team up to fucking stop Jason. Because Tommy's locked in the cell. Right. And and Deputy Rick gets tricked into letting Tommy out because Megan takes his gun and she puts the red dot on his nose and he's like, quit clowning around. She's <laughs> so like, funny. I'm not the one with the funny red nose. <laughs> and Tommy's like, you better do what she says because wherever the red dot goes, you bang. <laughs> that was great that was really fun um anything else you can think of no just towards the end 
uh, when they they end up out towards the harbor. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Like towards the lake because they have decided that they need to chain Jason and and put him on the bottom of the lake. Like, right, which is so dumb in a way. Like yeah, yeah. like it how the f- make any you, sense. you're going to get that close to Jason where you can just put him a, ro- a thing around him like that. Right. And it was dumb because, like, Jason, there was this part where Jason's in the water and then Jason pops up to grab Tommy and then <laughs> Jason lands on the boat and it, it breaks in half. Yeah. Well, because of the rock and his yeah, weight. Yeah. His, weight. I his that soggy was ass fucking crusty body. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I did like the shots they did of him in the water. Right. I thought that was cool. Um, one of the things I kept thinking about in this movie, and I know, like, they said in the, in the documentary, there's no fans out there that want kids to die. And I'm like, I do. I do. <laughs> have made it a whole lot more interesting i mean like i mean why the fuck did you even put the goddamn kids in there if you were gonna start killing them off god damn it right there's that scene where they have like you know the kids that are in the cabin and jason actually visits the cabin and he goes over to that one girl and she wakes up it's the one that she said she saw the monster yeah, before seeing, yeah and he shows up and she just prays him away but jason overhears something outside and goes after he's like it. squirrel yeah <laughs> <laughs> water lake counselor oh, counselors yeah but i don't know for me like in my mind i'm like can just once can jason just like smash a bunch of kids you know can we just like you know right. have have a smuckers party in the cabin <laughs> you know <laughs> like i mean wouldn't that be fucking tragic it would be fun <laughs> the, i mean the movie would definitely not be a comedy although maybe i don't know maybe some sick fucks like me would laugh <laughs> But there was that scene with the kids and they're under the bed the second time. Mm-hmm. And the kid was like, so what were you going to be when you grew up? That was funny. We started <laughs> cracking up. I thought that was great. So stupid, dude. <laughs> and dude, her fucking Megan's dad is kind of a fucking boss in this in this movie. Like he beats the shit out of Jason like a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, really did. And it sucks because he gets him on top of him and Jason just fucking folds him like laundry. Like crack, and you see his back on his. He's suddenly got his ankles around his neck, <laughs> <laughs> and then Megan doesn't even know. I felt kind of bad for her for some reason at that moment, right there. You know, like right. Well, it's her dad. Yeah, and she's like, "Where's my dad?" And he's like, "I don't have time for this shit." And he's probably dead if you think about it. <laughs> so I think uh, Megan jumped in to try to save uh, Tommy. While Jason is like kind of pawing at her. Yeah, a couple times. She like drags him out on the shore and then like she blows on his face, which doesn't even look like she's doing real CPR, by the way. I don't know what happened there. They could have had a quick session and just talked about how to do it, but it didn't look real at all. But Jason stops moving only because she fucking turns on the motorboat. Oh, that's right. Sticks it into his head, which is dangerous as fuck. Right. She's right next to the boat, dude. Yeah. Like, that could very easily suck your leg in or something right. like that with the power of the, you know, the power of the night. Streets are burning. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's from Critters. Sorry. Uh, it's one of the best 80s horror movie songs, in my opinion, other than fucking, he's the man behind the mist. Or Dream Warriors. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So that she turns on the fucking propeller and it cuts into his head and you can hear it chunking his head. Chong, 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 And you see bits of it going down to the bottom, which is kind of cool. So, but that's how Jason dies. You gotta, you gotta 
Well, you know. Gotta damage the brain. In this episode. He's a zombie, for Christ's sake. Because he opened his eye at the end. His one eye, which is a different color than it was. Oh, yeah, it wasn't even wet either. It was just yeah. all the close-up shots that they did all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, that's it pretty much there. I mean, I know we kind of went over and talked about a lot of that. But yeah, but we liked it. So. Yeah, it's a, it, was a, it was a fun rewatch. I always love watching this movie. I hope you guys do, too. If not, no worries. I mean, what is your favorite? I would love to hear it. You know, maybe we'll watch that next because, you know, just on our, our spare time. Be fun. But yeah, what would you score it to? I'd love to hear. But uh, we do have another movie we're going to talk about for Voidtober Lives. <laughs> I guess that's what the second episode would be, right? Like, the first one would be like, you killed Voidtober, but no, it lives. <laughs> um, Or would it be the revenge of the Voidtober? Revenge. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll do that yearly. <laughs> like this void. Maybe next year it'll be Voidtober lives. If we remember. <laughs> yeah. If we die from Voidtober or something. Yeah, we might. It's a lot of work. We have Halloween 6, a.k.a. Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, producer's cut from 1995, or a.k.a. Halloween 666, which is a lot, what a lot of people call the producer's cut. <clears throat> I even remember seeing the poster for it, and there are posters out there for Halloween 666. Oh. Which makes sense, you know, like, I don't know. So, Halloween 6, six years after Michael Myers last terrorized Haddonfield, he returns there in pursuit of his niece. Jamie Lloyd, who has escaped with her newborn child, for which Michael and a mysterious cult have sinister plans. <laughs> Tagline for this movie is terror never rests in peace. This was a movie that brought Donald Pleasance back, and uh, we had a lot of fun with that, of course. This is directed by Joe Chappelle, who as the director of Phantoms, Takedown, The Skulls 2, The Wire TV show, Fringe TV show, and The Godfather of Harlem TV show. Obviously, Deborah Hill and John Carpenter characters, but this was mostly written by Daniel Ferrans, or Daniel Ferrans. He did The Tooth Fairy, The Girl Next Door, The Haunting of Sharon Tatey Road, and The Amityville Murders as well. Oh, Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the cast we have, obviously, I mentioned Donald Pleasance, who plays Loomis, who uh, had shortly passed away after this movie came, or before this movie came out, actually. He was in a ton of stuff, most notably for the Halloween franchise. But also, we watched a movie recently, what was it, Paganini Horror? Yeah, he was in that. Which was a silly part for him. Uh, he was also in Vampire in Venice, Prince of Darkness, The Devonsville Terror, and so many more I could list off. But those are some of the horror ones. Also, we got Paul Rudd. First movie, by the way. This is not, um, Clueless is not the first movie he did. That was just the first movie that came out. Oh, okay. With him in it. Okay, that makes sense. This was the movie that actually was his first role ever. Um, he plays Tommy Doyle, of course, the kid across the street who Jamie uh, Strode, or <laughs> Jamie Strode, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Laurie Strode fucking uh, actually watched. But that, I mean, it's easy to confuse because everybody's oh, yeah. related. Yeah. And Jamie Lynn oh. is from fucking, she's like one of the kids of like Laurie Strode or family member. Something. Remember, because in part five, like they, mm -hmm. they, they had Daniel Harris uh, play that girl. Uh-huh. So. Whatever. 
This kind of continues her story, even though it's a year later and it's like confusing as fuck. Obviously, Paul Rudd is Ant-Man. He was in I Love You, Man, Clueless, Wet Hot American Summer, Anchorman, Night in the Museum. And he was also in that 200 cigarette movie, which I, sorry, I saw it today. Really? Yeah. I really like that movie. By Jim Jarmusch? Yeah. Hmm. We need to get that movie. It's from 1999. Okay. Yeah, I I would like to get that. I like that movie. Yeah, I do too. Um, we also have Marianne Hagen, who plays Kara, the Kara Strode, by the way, which is a related character. She was in Law and Order, Stakeland, Third Watch, the TV show, Last Kind Words, and many more. Nothing that notable after this, surprisingly. She seemed like a pretty face that you would kind of, I don't know. We also have Mitchell Ryan, who played Dr. Wynn. He was acting since the late 50s, and he was in movies like Liar Liar, Gross Point Blank, Lethal Weapon, Judge Dredd, the 90s one, and a big part in uh, Dharma and Greg. Oh, that's right. He was Mr. Fremont or something like Gregory Fremont or something like that. I think one of the fathers of the of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we have Kim Darby, who played Deborah Strode. She was the mom. She was in Better Off Dead, True Grit. Teen Wolf 2, and The Evil Within. We also have Bradford English, who plays the father, John Strode, who's a real prick in this movie. He was in Basic Instinct, Wolf, Alien Nation TV show, Dark Skies TV show, and Brooklyn South TV show. We also have Keith Bogert, who played Tim Strode. He was the, the younger brother who dates the girl Beth. He was in Velvet Buzzsaw, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, a lot of episodes of that, and One Life to Live and more. Also have Maria Mariah O'Brien, I think that's her name, who goes by Beth in the movie, Tim's girlfriend in the movie. She was in The Mod Squad, Being John Malkovich, and more. We also have Devin Gardner, who plays Danny Strode, the little boy who keeps getting talked to in the movie. He only did this movie and two others, The Bear from 2010 and A Kid Called Danger from 99 surprisingly this movie had a five million dollar budget oh and it and it actually made 15 million at the box office well that's pretty good good yeah, payout not bad all those goddamn fans so christina i know you haven't watched the entire franchise so this is kind of like a weird one to watch with you uh-huh so what did you think of it though well i'm not a huge michael myers fan right i'm more of a jason fan and more of a chucky fan okay like i don't like michael myers like i don't like the con like first movie's fine yeah okay it's a little bit boring i remember saying that well it's Um, more about atmosphere that's why right but this movie's fucking terrible (laughs) i don't even know what's going on with this cult shit like what i don't try not to spoil too much okay i i won't i won't but i this movie made me realize why they chucked all the sequels when they started redoing the movies or not redoing but you know continuing on recently with halloween Mm -hmm. because it was there was too many characters it made no sense i already said that the acting was pretty bad paul rudd wasn't good in this no but (laughs) he was weird and that's what they wanted yeah but i mean he does some funny things with his head where he like tilts it he's like (laughs) but it's not supposed to be funny (laughs) i don't know he's pretty funny to me in it i mean yeah but it's not that atmosphere for it though. no there's none and i'll explain why in my own okay and it just wants to be so serious and scary and it's just like not right it's just well i i feel bad because i feel like you should have watched the other movie too the 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 regular theatrical version a little bit because it does change the story around quite a bit there are other parts where they change out the cult Uh uh-huh like the dr win character is definitely different Uh uh-huh 
But, you know, but anyway. I don't know. I I don't like, I I just don't get the cult stuff in relation to Michael Myers. It doesn't work with me. Right. They don't explain it very well, and it's a lot to really ingest. Yeah, and I don't understand why there were, I just don't understand. Whereas, like, in Chucky, with that whole cult thing of Chucky, that kind of makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like why you would? Well, they're using you know, the cult in a different way in, in Cult of Chucky. Well, yeah, but they I'm just, just mean saying, like their their group. Yeah, they're using it, but it doesn't make sense with this at all. Right. Okay. And then you got well, it's cool. They brought like babies into it. Not going to spoil anything, but mm-hmm. still, it didn't go where I wanted it to go. Using them as hockey pucks. That, yeah, I know they should have. And skeet Canada. shooting. <laughs> nope. But nope. Uh, I'm trying to think of things I liked about the movie. There was some kills that were good. Uh. I did look up the kill count, and it's funny because the producer's cut, there's 17, mm-hmm. and in the theatrical version, there's eight. Yeah. I was like, Jesus, like, that is a huge difference. Yeah, well, they I said think. that there was more gory, but uh, technically, I think the theatrical one is a little bit more gory. That's weird. But they have less kills. That's so... Oh, so they just kept the good kills. Right. Okay. Well, it makes sense. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't know. No, there's different kills. Oh, Like, for okay. different... For, for all the different all scenes. the characters. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like the the Jamie the Jamie character in this, she doesn't very live very long in the in the original theatrical. Oh, I didn't know that. While she lives through the whole movie in this one, mm-hmm. do, you, do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And how she dies is on a different way than she does in this movie. Yeah, but this movie. Is so they both so have weird. lame shit, but there's both like there's some interesting stuff on either side. It's it's kind of interesting to compare. But I gave it a four out of ten. Yeah, I mean I understand. Yeah. It's not a great movie. No, it's not. What about you? Um, it's kind of hard for me to say because when I was younger, this is the movie with a long history of like VHS copies that were passed around from you know this movie also had that a lot of troubles with it, in, including the cast direction writing production the mass they made and literally so much more like it was just troubled from the start and someone on the cast and crew decided to call it the curse of michael myers because it was a cursed film mm-hmm. that's what they that's why it's called the, the curse of michael myers oh, okay. not because of any story element uh-huh. you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's surprising that it did well in the theaters too because mm-hmm. of you know it's sometimes that's just the way it is but there's two versions of the film, obviously. Firstly, the one that was cut for the theater that we're talking about. And then there's the one that is the producer's cut that is just batshit fucking goo goo bananas crazy. And it has like this sort of cult background with why Michael Myers exists. So, yes, you get this crazy cult that made Michael Myers, which is kind Weird. of it kind of devalues or rather takes away the scary thing. Yeah. That makes Michael Myers, which is a no-no in my opinion. Yeah. But he, he, it's like he becomes a victim of the cult rather than this, this unhinged killer, which really just lessens the value of the horror here. <laughs> right. But you trade that for a little bit of an interesting kind of story where you're like, Jesus Christ, where is this going to go? You know, um, I like that they brought some of the characters back and things like that. But the cre- I don't know. The creators of this version were looking to do with Michael what they did with Rosemary's Baby. So they wanted it to be a little bit more present in the current status. So it just didn't work. And there was a lot of like people yelling at each other about each of these parts. So that's why you have a producer's cut, you know, like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, that's what it kind of feels like. Yeah. I'll just make a producer's cut. Yes. You know yeah. I, mean? I didn't think about that. Technically, yeah, I don't know if this is true or not, but 
the reason you can't buy the Michael Myers set from fucking Scream Factory anymore is because they put out the producer's cut on there illegally. Oh, that's not good. But Miramax, you know, probably sued or, you know, got their portion of it and they put it back out. Oh, okay. And that's the version I have. It doesn't have any extras on it. So if you have the black uh, cases, Michael or Halloween set, you're fucking gold. I wish I did. But this this is the movie that made a lot of rounds in the VHS market because the only way to watch this version, whether you liked it or not, was to get a shitty VHS copy that was like, it looked like it had been taped a million times. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like so washed out. And you could see like the flicker and stuff and like it was just really bad. And you could just barely make out and the audio was terrible. I still have it right there, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, on the wall that I bought like... right years ago it was really it was like you could get these things from like these rare out of print copy places that would only print movies that you couldn't get in certain countries or if they only had it on pal Mm -hmm. which is another format in that we we used ntsc in america and they use pal another which has more lines of so you'd have to use some conversion thing to do it and make a tape of it or whatever. So these places would do that and they could get around it. Although they didn't really get around it, a lot of their websites got shut down. Mm-hmm. I think there was like Blackest Heart Media. I can't remember what it was called. It was like something like that. And then there was VideoJunkies.com. If any of you oh, know that one, that, that. that was one of my favorite things. I loved going through their catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, back to the uh, inner <laughs> the review. So is it any good? No, not really. Is there things in it that I kind of like? Yeah, but it's not scary. No. You know, it's interesting to think that they could have completely turned the franchise on its head and then turned the shape into something that really isn't scary. Not the best idea. (laughs) You know, Um, not in my particular interest anyway, but John Carpenter has even stated on multiple occasions that we were never supposed to know the reasoning of why Michael Myers is the way he is. And that's the mystery behind it as, you know, of course, something like, H.P. Lovecraft would have said is that the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear and and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is the fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. And that is why you should never reveal why any of these things are happening sometimes. Right. These days, I feel like people, they need to know or they they won't enjoy it. An origin story. Right. Yeah. And it's like, no, because that takes away the fear. Like I can, if I know how to size up something that scares me, and like how to defeat it, I'm not as instantly I am not as, as scared of that thing as if it was just out of nowhere and I didn't know what to do. Like, is there more than one? Is it everywhere? Like, what's going on? How does it kill me? Can it fly? I don't know. Like, that's scary. But, you know, when you get into franchises and you have multiple iterations, I mean, you have to give a little bit here and there. But that's why they trickle it out a little bit. And this one really just kind of info dumps on you. The producer's cut. Mm -hmm. And it's that's probably why it's a little hard to swallow. Plus, it really just makes Michael into this like useless tool that it's just kind of it's kind of sad. You know, Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that it is important role in a movie, though, to keep that mystery in there. But like he said, you're making 10 sequels for a movie. It's kind of hard to let that fly. You know, like this is uh, one really removes any form of the scare from it and changes everything. You know, they have some of the same kills, some different from the theatrical, but the end is completely different. Some of the characters don't die right away and so on. You can tell that the end of the film is kind of rushed and like disjointed a little bit Mm -hmm. because they're just like, hey, come with us. You know, like it's like, what? Mm -hmm. Um. 
I still enjoyed it for what it was. It's not great. Some people swear that the producer's cut is the best, even if they don't like it. I don't know. I'll be honest. While I, I like some movies in the franchise, I'm really not a fan of this particular franchise in general. I do like the first one because it is just so atmospheric and it just feels scary. Mm-hmm. Like there's something just raw about it mm-hmm. and it works. I do like some of the later films. Uh-huh. Uh I do like a brutal Michael Myers, you know? I understand it's all about that that tease for a lot of slasher fans, you know? But I do like a brutal Michael Myers and right. I, I don't mind it so much if you can add a little bit of that atmosphere and tease in it too. So I'm I'm hoping that Halloween kills. Right. It's probably just going to be a brutal blood fest and I'll probably just love it for that just alone. Right. You know, but uh a true Halloween fan is probably going to hate it. Probably, yeah. So I'm excited for it. This I this that one, last one this one is one of those films that's like, okay, what the fuck did you just do to yeah. this film to this franchise? And I would assume that there's going to be more people that hate this one, like three out of ten kind of people, three four like you, mm-hmm. uh, because it's just so sacrilegious. It's stupid. I would just call it a five. It's just average. It's different. I enjoy owning it. And having it so I can just see how batshit crazy shit can go. <laughs> and like where it could have gone if, if, the, if people really liked it, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. But obviously it didn't work for many obvious reasons. And there are cool scenes in it that I think are fun mm-hmm. on both versions. Like one involving the shock rock DJ guy. Oh yeah. That I love that. Yeah. Like just that scene in particular kind of makes up for some of it a little mm-hmm. bit, you know? But I don't know. It's great to see Paul Rudd being weird and silly and just not great. But (laughs) it's just kind of slow. And it's also kind of like too much to really ingest. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it could go lower. It probably is a 4.5, really, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say 4.5. 4 or 4.5. Come to to the side. I say average just because, like, it's hard for me. But the producer's cut is kind of like, yeah, no, no, no. So I'm I'm mixing the two Mm -hmm. by saying five. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, no, no, I know. I'm realizing that now <laughs> because, like, we watched both of them. I did anyway. And just to give you kind of comparison a little bit, we watched the last 30 minutes yeah, of it. So I'm kind of like mixing them together. I personally think that the fir- the original one is a little bit better because I like Paul Rudd going ham on the situation. We'll get into that more later. Okay. Um, but yeah, 4.5, 4 maybe, and maybe the other one like a 5, but I I don't know. It's around there. <clears throat> so we do have some trivia, not a whole lot, but a, a decent amount, and I thought it'd be interesting to go over uh, quite a bit of it here now. Um, we'll try to make it quick so it's not too long of an episode for you guys, don't worry. But if you don't want anything spoiled and you want to find out which of the Tommies is the best Tommy when it comes to getting you out of a situation and who you would trust more, go and jump to the end of the podcast talk and uh, we'll discuss it there so if you don't want anything spoiled here's your warning so the so-called producer's cut of halloween the curse of michael myers is technically a work print of the original film but because it had so many you know fights about like where it should go there's almost 70 minutes of alternative footage oh my god yeah most of it is graphic violent shots edited down in post-production to avoid an n17 rating wow The original had the largest opening weekend, too, out of the entire series until Halloween 2018, actually. Wow. So that's saying something. 
the original title of the movie was, like I said, Halloween 666, the origin of Michael Myers. Oh. So when they turn it into the curse is, like I said, when it was mm-hmm. fucking up. The original director was also supposed to be Fred Walton, which, if you remember, he was the guy who did April Fool's Day mm-hmm. and When a Stranger Calls. Oh, that's weird. Interesting, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Jason, the guy who edited in, I, I think it was the editor or somebody that worked on the film... Uh, part six, Friday the 13th, actually worked on April Fool's Day before he did this movie. Oh, Before okay. he did Friday the 13th, part six. Oh, okay. So it's interesting. That's the tie-in to these two movies also. Mm-hmm. The Strode parents are named John and Deborah, if you notice, because, obviously, John Carpenter and oh. the creators of the movie uh-huh. of Halloween. So they wanted to kind of like... As a nod to the, you know, original producer and co-writer, Deborah Hill. So, Mm -hmm. but as another tip of the hat to the fuck you to this movie, most of the cast and crew disowned this movie (laughs) on the 25th anniversary of, it's called Halloween 25 Years of Terror, 2006 DVD. They stated that the studio producers and director interfered and argued to the point of ridiculousness, which resulted in a very poorly directed and edited film. Dang. Nobody knew what to do. The original Tommy Doyle, played by Brian Andrews, who was the kid in the first right. movie, who was babysit by Lori, was to reprise his role as Tommy. Uh-oh. But he didn't have an agent, so they couldn't find him, and oh. they put Paul Rudd in his place. Ouch. Yeah. He said he regrets it. <laughs> yeah. But he wasn't thinking that it would, he would it ever, would, you yeah, know. It, it would ever happen. I'm sure that Halloween is a huge part of his life. You know, he was a right, kid in probably, it. probably, yeah. And that's some scary shit for a kid, by the way. Yeah. You don't forget that. Even if you are on set, there's some, some weird shit going on. They actually destroyed about, like, six uh, of the Halloween masks. Mm-hmm. There was only two remaining. Oh, by the time they filmed this? Right. And a lot of people had a lot of issues with the masks from the previous movies, mm-hmm. because their favorite one, obviously, is the first one. Mm-hmm. And this one kind of went for the original look. But it just looked more crazy. No, he had like more wild, like yeah. bedhead kind of hair. Like stupid. I didn't like it. Did you like it? I I didn't. Hair? I think it was. It's one of the better masks. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the best. But compared to some of the other weird looking ones, mm-hmm. man, ugh, they're really bad. I'll show you them all in a row, and you'll be like, ew, what the fuck? <laughs> like one of them with like round eyes, like hello. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle Harris wanted to reclaim her role as Jamie, but she turned it down when Dimension Films refused to pay the $5,000 she wanted. Harris stated in an interview that when her agent learned the filmmakers were looking to cast an actress who was at least 18 or older to play Jamie in this film, she was only 17, but wanted to do the movie enough that she got herself legally emancipated from her parents. Wow. At the suggestion of the filmmakers so that (laughs) she could work longer hours without having to go to school. Harris spent time and thousands of dollars on the legal process, but ultimately turned down the film due to her own dissatisfaction with her character's story and Dimension's refusal to pay her salary. That that would have recovered her legal fees, essentially. Oh. Which is kind of fucked up. That is fucked up. Harris also stated that she eventually met and befriended J.C. Brandy, who took over the role of Jamie in the film, and was treated poorly on the set because Harris turned down the role. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's just a big fuck you everywhere. Yeah. Um, Daniel Farrens, who wrote this, suggested that the film be called The Curse of Michael Myers. He was the one that did that. 
Oh, okay. Because of all the problems that were... Uh, around this film. Right, and he considers the best okay. version of... He's the superior version of the two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they had bad test screenings for this movie, like the original one. Mm-hmm. You know, there was uh, creative differences between, you know, Joe Chappell or Joe Chappelle. I, I never know how to say it. Donald Pleasant's death, you know... Mm-hmm reshoots for a lot of the parts that they had to do you know people fighting on set and shit like that it was just big time problems that's horrible the supposedly producer paul freeman and director joe Chappelle reportedly wrote rewrote the ending on set Mm -hmm. of the theatrical version from shot to shot and you can really tell at the very end there that it just feels like yeah. Like, it's falling apart. Like, it's yeah, rushed totally. or something. Like, there's a scene missing. I think both the endings, too, it seems like, they just both seem like, oh, God, we got to figure this out. Yeah. So, and this movie was going to have another extra million dollar budget, so it was going to be a six million dollar budget, but because they were putting out another movie, Hellraiser Bloodline, which is the, the prequel mm-hmm. that goes to space. Oh, okay. You know, it's like all over the place. Um, It cut a million dollars out of its budget, too, so... Uh... And you know who was supposed to play the shock rock DJ originally? Just think of anybody that is... Howard Stern. You got it. You knew that? No, I didn't. He was the only one. Okay, yeah. In the 90s. No, that's not true. Who else? There was other ones. They they got in trouble for saying things they shouldn't have. I don't even know. But uh, why didn't he take it? Um, I don't know. It doesn't say. Oh. I guess he turned it down. Well, he's not an actor. Right. But he could have played that easily. Yeah. Anyway, the 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 man in uh, black, the arrival of the Strode's house was originally written as a point of view shot, similar to young Michael's introduction into the original Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like many of the slower, spookier scenes from Farron's script, it was cut on the day of shooting, so they were mm-hmm. gonna do that. Huh. Now we can kind of talk about the movie freely and just like things that bothered us in this movie and things that we could have, they could have done better or something like that. Well, right off the bat, I mean, there's a girl and she's having a baby and she's strapped up to a bed and there's these weird, creepy people around. And then it's like, where's Michael Myers? And then he just pops out of the sewer, you know, because I guess that's where he belongs. That's where he's been living is the sewer. Is that what it was? What the fuck are you talking about? I don't remember no sewer. The tunnels and stuff they're in, I kept thinking they were like sewer tunnels, like huge ones. No, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just underground, the, the hospital, the asylum. Yeah, I don't know, but what? So the chick has a baby, and then the nurse comes, and she get like she gives the baby back to the mom, and, and they put the blood on the, the baby. Yeah, there's a blood symbol on, and then the mom sneaks out, and then it was cool when uh Jason Michael Myers comes and slams her head into a spike. Yeah, the nurse, that was kind of cool. Yeah, I felt bad for her because she she. She was helping. Yeah. But she was part of a cult. Right. So, you know what? You can't just change your mind when you're in a cult like that. Right. You know? It's too late. You're supposed to sacrifice the babies. Yeah, I don't know. It it was cool, though, that she got out, though. But then that's, like, weird. They put the baby in, like, a fucking... At at the bus station. They put her in a fucking... In a... Like, a baby fit in the towel dispenser. And was in there for, like, a day. Yeah. Like, nobody heard a baby cry? Yeah, I know. That doesn't make any goddamn sense no, to me. No, because Paul 
Rudd, Judd, whatever the fuck's name oh, is. Oh, Rudd. Not yeah. Okay, Tommy. You know, you're thinking Ashley Judd? I am. Is that what you're thinking? Um, He has to figure it out and find him, find the baby. It's so stupid. Which he calls Steven. Hi, Steven. <laughs> and then he's carrying around the fucking baby for the rest of the goddamn movie. Can we talk about how crazy and weird he is in this movie? Like, he's always yeah. staring out windows and shit. He's not doing anything either. It's funny because, like... Kara across the street she's like why is he always staring out the window at like night and I'm like yeah that really draws a lot of attention to you he's just deeply thinking about where Michael Myers is you know like yeah gotta get ready for him he has these weird ticks in the movie too like you could tell he was like trying to you know make the character more like like he was too smart like crazy but he's like a really caring guy you know he cares about Lori or (laughs) Kara and uh (laughs) the kid the kid and stuff like that and he's really sweet to the kid and stuff but it's like they lose track of the kid so i guess he's distracted he goes into that whole thing about the runes and you know right, the craziness of yeah. yeah yeah which was another element of the origin story which was just fucking stupid right and you know what i'm glad that dr loomis was in this movie but he was old and really tired in this movie yeah slow and he's just like you know i definitely it's i'm glad that he was in it but it's just like they they could have done his character in this different it's like he's going back to finally track down the shape and and really Uh stop him this time you know because (laughs) there's a chance that he could and nobody believes him right but he knows something and nobody else knows and it's like i don't know there's just a lot of moving parts going on in this one that don't really pay off in any one way but in the producer's cut, it is so weird what they do with Dr. Lewis. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Yeah, like, the because end. he's so old, why would you pass anything on to him? Mm-hmm. So in the, in the movie, they, they basically put a heavier thumb on the cult. So in the theatrical, everybody's wearing street clothes, like regular clothes. In the producer's cut, they're literally wearing wizard cloaks. <laughs> <laughs> And, and like, Michael Myers doesn't walk over runes and shit like that. And there's a really funny scene in the movie where Paul Rudd puts the fucking, or Tommy Doyle, puts down the the runes on the ground Mm -hmm. to stop Michael. And Michael tries to grab his arm, but he's stuck in a circle. And... (laughs) And he's like, and then like Dr. Wynn, who's the bad guy, the man in the black, mm-hmm. who's been orchestrating and taking Michael and turned him into a killing machine. You know, it's like, he's like, oh, Michael, what did they do to you? It's like, what did you do to him, motherfucker? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? But the cloak thing is a little too much. It's a little too on the nose. Yeah. And like for so many people to be in on it in the asylum, too, is... And, and, and I also get that vibe of fucking um, where I, I'm pretty sure it's Freddy Krueger mm-hmm. where he was born in asylum, right? Uh, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure yeah. he was born. He was his mom, his mom had was... gave birth to him in an asylum. Uh-huh. But she was raped by a, like a thousand fucking crazy people or something. Oh. Like that. And that's how Freddy Krueger came about. Jesus. I'm pretty sure in one of the movies, I just don't remember which one it was, mm. and it could be Freddy's Dead that they did that in. I just don't remember. Well, we'll find out soon. And that's part six, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting that it is that mm. one. So I think when they both came out at that time, I was like, God, there's too many like similar, you know, you know, uh, what's her name? Jamie Lynn is like. Uh-huh. the mom of this other baby and then like Freddy Krueger, the baby and mom and his baby and stuff. 
I don't know. It's just interesting just to think how they went fucking bad shit crazy with this one. I don't, I didn't feel threatened by Michael at all. At all. In this one. It just felt like. I mean, they didn't even have him like pop out of, you know, pop out. No, there was some, there was a lot of jump uh, scenes in this. Well, it didn't scare me. God damn it. Well, I'm just saying there was. I love that Tommy Doyle's in it, you know, the fact that he was. You know, babysat in 1978 and now lives in a boarding house run by some lady named Mrs. Blankenship. Who's in the cult. Who is really good in the movie. Like, Mrs. Blankenship does a really good job of being creepy. Yeah, and when she was talking to the kid and stuff. Yeah, like, and Tommy's a reclusive individual who's obsessed while she's, like, out of her mind. But you don't realize till later that she's in the cult Mm -hmm. and she's watching him to make sure he doesn't do anything. By intentionally acting like she doesn't know what's going on, mm-hmm. but she really does. She really knows everything. Yeah. Because she's a witch. <laughs> she's the, the cult. boogeyman. She's the cult witch. She sits down and tells little Danny that mm-hmm. that story about the boogeyman and Halloween. Mm-hmm. And it's also kind of creepy and yeah, scary. Because Danny keeps like zoning off, hearing the voice of Wynn talking through the window through Michael Myers, which makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Like, how are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you getting into the child's head to speak to him? Right. They didn't explain that. That's really nope. hard to swallow. You see Michael Myers outside the window the day that the, the Kara strode and her father gets, she gets bitch slapped by her dad. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. And everybody's just like cool with it afterwards. Like, right. oh, you feel good? Are you better now? Okay, let's go. Like, yeah, you just got blood coming out of your nose. And then what'd she say? Oh, he just didn't realize what he's doing. Yeah, that's good. Make excuses. Right. But while that's happening, you see Michael Myers outside and it's like, Danny. He's like infecting everybody. Kill him, Danny. You need to kill him, Danny. And it's like a voice like, kill him, Danny. Why would you do this? Why would you let him treat your mother like that, Danny? Yeah, it's kind of funny how his name is Danny in The Shining and the voice. Yeah, I don't know if that's any. any, I can't point that out. But yeah, he, he comes up to his stomach, the dad's stomach with a knife. And then the mom's like, come on, Danny, give me the knife. Ugh, and her dad is such a fucking slime ball, dude. But he died well. He got what he deserved. It just sucks that the mom got it too. <laughs> His wife. Do you remember many kills in this? Because you said there were 17. Yeah, and no, I don't. Where were the best kills? I don't think, to me, it was in the beginning with the head slammed on the spike. And then I swear to God, like all the rest of the kills, there was the radio host but they didn't show him getting killed but you saw the body coming out of the tree okay which was kind of cool because there was the little girl and she was dancing underneath the tree what was she saying oh yeah that scene is cool yeah uh they don't show him die but they right the, the fucking shock rock dj's up in the tree he's like and she doesn't know it and there's there. this little girl and she's walking around and she's like mommy it's raining red mommy it's raining red uh, isn't that what it is? And Tommy sees her, like, all covered in blood. And she's like, war- it's warm. Why is it all so warm? And then the body comes out of yeah, the tree. Yeah, and falls right in front of him. It's like, oh, <laughs> <Funny>. shit. <laughs> He's all, like, chained up to the... How? First of all, how did fucking Michael Myers go to the Halloween party and put him up in the tree in the first place? With no one seeing. Yeah. It's because... Of his mind powers. It's just it's just weird. But, I mean, it's a cool scene either way because she's dancing in blood. A little child. Mm-hmm. Come on. Pretty cool. I do remember that the 
Tim and that Beth girl go to have sex at the house because the DJ says, hey, I'm going to meet you at the house because you live in the Michael Myers house. And like somehow they didn't know it because the dad didn't tell him and his girlfriend didn't ever bring it up to him uh, as long as they've been dating, which is really weird. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because like Tim goes to the shower after they're done having sex. And Michael's so kind, he hands him a towel to dry himself off, and then cuts his throat. <laughs> See, anticlimactic. Yeah, it, it, I guess it's, I mean, the, the throat cutting was actually kind of cool. That was memorable, I guess. Kara and Danny are across the street at Tommy's house, and Kara calls the house, and Beth gets stabbed in the back while watching her. And Danny catatonically walks over to the house where Michael's at, and she's like, oh my god, no, my, no, Danny, no, Danny! Leaving the baby there alone. Right. And she sees, you know, Beth in bed and Lissa covers and Tim's dead next to her. She finds Danny in the adjacent room staring at a fucking wall. And then Mikey appears and, and, and behind her and tells Danny to, and she tells Danny to run. And that's when I, you know, she finds her mom dead hanging and she's not even sure why, but you know, it's like that was the jump scare. Uh huh. Because earlier the mom was doing laundry by herself in the house and Michael makes a visit. And kills her, and then everybody comes home, so, you know, each their times. Right. And nobody nice. knows where she is. Wasn't it like she does something in the laundry and she finds blood on the laundry or something like that? Oh, no, that was the father. The father saw the bloody laundry and then he okay. died. Yeah, because he's like, why isn't the laundry done or well, something? Well, where's my dinner? <laughs> why are you in the kitchen? How am I supposed to eat? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that really bothered me about this movie is that they're trying to, like, get Dr. Loomis to join the cult, but they don't give him any valid reasons. They're right. like, you've always known, you've known this is a part calling you, blah, 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 blah. It's like, that's not really convincing. Well, it's a cult. Call, yeah, he's like, I'm trying to stop a murderer, not be one. Right, but they feel like they're so powerful, they don't need to convince him that he should just join because they're a cult. Because he's of his obsession with Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. See, but they don't really explain that. No, they never, yeah. They do, but they don't. Like, I guess they could have put a, a, a bitter, a better point on it, you know, to, to make us, like, really understand the impact of that. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do it. The other thing is, is that in this movie, Paul Rudd's kind of weak. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really do anything but just kind of slip around and get around and pass Jason. But in the original theatrical one, he beats the fuck out of Jason, like, with a fucking pipe repeatedly in the head remember kind of i made you watch it last night i know i was very tired so yeah fucking tommy goes fucking ham on jason and comes out and then that's when it cuts and it's like come with this dr loomis and and then he's like i got some things to take care of in the theatrical and then goes back in at some point but that's when the credits roll in the theatrical for the producer's cut. cut there's this whole series of events that happen where they like that's the runes are put on the floor um tommy and fucking loomis go in to try to like stop michael and then he finds michael laying on the floor and it's not michael it's dr Wynn wearing michael's outfit and he's like wait where happened you know and like he's like i'm dying dr loomis and it's your turn now and he grabs his arm and then the cult of thorn symbol burns on his arm and he's like ah ah they even use it in the theatrical one too mm-hmm. yeah because you get to see jason earth <laughs> god damn it you get to see michael's head in the theatrical version like leak all this like weird jelly shit mm-hmm. but doesn't make really much sense why <laughs> but <laughs> i don't know 
I I don't know. It's kind of like the brutality of uh, fucking Paul Rudd's character, Tommy Doyle, mm-hmm. going ham on Michael. Kind of makes sense. I mean, Tommy Jarvis didn't get to do that on Jason's. Well, he did while he was dead in the ground, but not any right. other time. They don't really take blows. Well, it's because they're in the water, though. It's true. It's kind of hard. But they don't really take blows at one another. No. They just kind of run around things, right? Mm-hmm. Cat and mouse. Right. I don't know. I just, the producer's cut is weird to me. Um, I'm not a fan of it, really, but I just like to own it because it's just such a weird, like, what the fuck is going on here? And I remember thinking I liked it back in the day because I'm like, whatever with Halloween, you know? Right. Like, I'm not, it's not like one of my favorite franchises or anything like that. I do like some of the movies and rewatching them just for the pure brutality of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I can watch Resurrection. I think I can watch the Rob Zombie ones and, uh, the new 2018 one was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hoping that Kills is going to be fucking amazing. I hope so. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for everything, guys. We, uh, pretty much ended that for the two movies, but we do have to discuss real quick who we think is the better Tommy. Like, who Which is, is Tommy Jarvis. You think it's obviously Tom- well, you have to you have to defend your case and you have to explain why. Are you serious? Yes. How, if you've seen these movies, okay. He it, it's not just Tar- Tommy Jarvis. Like I said, it's him and Megan together defeating Jason because technically she kicked Jason's ass. But we are just talking about the Tommies. Or well, her dad kicked his ass I, a lot more than than Tommy did. Yeah, that's true. But I did like Tommy didn't give up. You know, he kept pushing it. He, you know, you you would trust him a little bit more. Yeah, than uh, this Tommy who's just running around with a baby, not really doing nothing. Yeah, you know. Well, what about? See, I kind of agree with you in some regards. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like like I feel like Tom Matthews' version of Tommy Jarvis is much more of a hero. Uh huh. Paul Rudd is kind of like. The guy that's just getting close to it and just... He's a side character. Happenstances... Yeah. Gets out of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tommy Jarvis is a side character, too, but they, they put him to the forefront for three movies, you know? Right. Um, But I feel like... I feel like they... That Tom Matthews would be the more trustworthy, like, guy to try to do it, even though he did accidentally wake him up from the dead. But who would have expected a fucking lightning bolt to come down and... and Strike him alive, and, you know? Yeah, like, resurrect a cremated uh, body. That's just how much energy he possesses, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that I would pick Tommy Jarvis if it was against Tommy Jarvis in the producer's cut of Halloween 666. But I would probably lean a little bit more towards Tommy Doyle in the theatrical but cut. But we didn't watch that movie. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that that's the caveat, is that if it was the fucking original, in which I did watch that movie, but in the theatrical version, he beats the fuck out of Michael in in there, so... And that's pretty badass. Like, he goes kind of ham on him right there, and I feel like that's some aggressive shit that, that you need to kind of take with uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh the shape or the Michael Myers... In order to fucking make it go. So there's the caveat. Tommy Jarvis, if you're watching the producer's cut, but not Tommy Jarvis if you're watching the theatrical cut for the Halloween 6. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Is that cowardly? I feel I like know. Tommy's more of the hero, but maybe, just maybe, Tommy Doyle's so fucked up in the head. And if you think about it, Jesus Christ, these kids are fucked up, right? They saw a bunch of shit that went down that all their friends and family and everything are dead. And they're trying to make it not happen again. Right. It's like, 
and get into more shit. I don't know. Like, would or would you? Would they be mentally sound? You know, like I don't know. Probably not. So you stick with Tommy Jarvis yep. both ways. Both ways. Okay. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my defense. I think I think it's a fair it's one wrong. because because Tommy Doyle does wreck shit on fucking Michael, but he also was drugged up with all that stuff. Remember. Didn't he stab him with a bunch of fucking medicine or whatever? He starts jabbing right. at him. He's kind of like right. out of it. Mm-hmm. But he was smart enough to get him to tipsy and then fuck him up. So, yeah, I, I, I stick with that. Okay. But, yeah, as far as producer's cut and this movie, definitely Tommy Jarvis. So, but, yeah, what do you guys think? Do you think we're right or wrong? Do you agree? Do you think it's always Tommy Doyle and we're stupid and we should go jump off a bridge? What do you think? I would love to hear from you in the comments section down below. Or, you know, write us or whatever, like normal. But, uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much for coming by. Um, I'm hope you're enjoying these movies that we're watching and I hope you're watching along with us. If not, no worries. If you're listening, you're listening and we appreciate it and we appreciate those who listen to the end. So thank you very much. Keep in mind, we got all that new stuff coming out. If you have questions about that or anything like that, you can go to our link tree and there is the merch link. At any point in time, it's always linked to all of our stuff and you can go straight to the merch that way or, you know, any of our YouTube or our Twitch or anything like that is all in our link tree as well. So plus Spotify and all the places you can listen to our podcast. So, but yeah, thanks for coming by. And as always, long live the voice.